nerds, you're listening to an episode on the Nerdcore podcast feed. If you're feeling generous, please consider pledging to a tier on our Patreon at patreon.com slash the Nerdcore. We have tiers as low as $1 per month. Thanks so much, and enjoy the episode. Welcome back, everybody, to the champ to the. Phew. Welcome back, everybody, to the Nerdcore Podcast, the podcast where reviews the movies and talks that nerd shit. Wow, I was about to say, welcome back, everybody, to the shit. Welcome to the shit. Welcome to the shit show. No, that is reserved for the weekends, my friend. No. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, welcome back, everybody, to the Nerdcore Podcast, y'all. Uh, we're back. Uh, we're here to commence our horror month. Really scary, scary stuff, right? Except that we probably like chose one of the most uh, tame horror films ever, but damn good movie nonetheless. Um, yeah, as always, is the nerd you kind of here to host the show on to my wonderful co-host, Young Yoda. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a wonderful, wonderful Monday. Wonderful, wonderful Monday. We're commencing Horror Month with our review of Guillermo del Toro's Crimson Peak. It's a movie that I have never seen before. I actually it's a visual. Movies. It's a visual delight. Yeah, I mean, it's a masterclass in fucking production design, bro. Like, you know, they should, you know, if y'all want something to study in production design, like this is this is it. This is it. But um, pretty much any Guillermo movie. Let's be real here. Yeah. Before we can get in any of that wonderful stuff, Brad, how are you? I am above ground. (laughs) (laughs) Been a long day today or what? Been a long freaking day. Yeah. I hear you, Brad. I hear you. You want you want me to tell you what my day consisted of? Yeah, go ahead. Brad, I, I got up early. I go to work, of course. Mm-hmm. I get there on time. Everything's good. Shift actually goes pretty well, Brad. Um, so I was like, okay, I don't have a lot of money right now, but I do have enough where I can use this coupon at McDonald's. I can walk over to McDonald's and just have like a like something because I'm fucking hungry as hell, and I am not waiting until I get home to eat <laughs> something. Brad... I finished McDonald's, right? I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. it's been a good day, man. It's been a good day. Bus is a little late, but you know, I'm waiting for the bus to get here. It happens. I'm, I'm tired, Brad. It's hot as fuck, bro. I'm tired. I'm cranky. You know, I want to get home. I had some good food, but you know, I'm like, I just want to get home. Want to, what's it called? Is lay down because I forgot. You know, for y'all out there, bro. Y'all, y'all think that you know the arts are so easy, right? You know, the arts is nothing. Like. Y'all try carrying those fucking lights, bro. Them shits are heavy. Those shits are fucking heavy, dude. Holy fuck. So today I'm just tired, man. I have to work. I get on the wrong fucking bus, bro. Oh, no. I've gone on the wrong metro before, so that was not fun. And I and I didn't notice until, like, we're in a South Central Houston. <laughs> I get down. I'm like, I'm like. Oh, shit, I'm on the wrong one, bro. I'm like, fuck, man. I'm like, well, this is going to either go one or two ways. What's it called? This Uber is going to get here on time. Or this camera backpack that I have with a $80 camera, uh, a MacBook Pro, 
and Sony, uh, what's it called? The noise canceling headphones. It's about to get jacked. So I was like, you know what? That's what, it, that's what happens. I, I, hey, I full respect, bro. You know, I got caught slipping, you know, I, I got on the wrong bus, but it's all good, bro. It's all mm-hmm. good. Luckily the Uber was only seven bucks. So it wasn't terrible price. So I got, I got there. Everything was good, but yeah. Next time I'm looking at the fucking number on the goddamn bus, bro. Fuck, man. I was, it was, it was quite the day. Uh, but I got here and watched this movie. I went grocery shopping, but you know, I was able to watch this movie. And now we're here to talk about this, bro. But um, I'm going to guess, Brad, your day was worse, bro. You've had you deal with some shit, huh? I, uh, yeah, let's just say I want to fire people, but you don't it's really have that difficult power. in my position. <laughs> you don't have that power, huh? I don't have that power. Yeah. Just be nice. Just be like, you annoy me. <laughs> You've annoyed me for the last time. Yeah. Is this the is this the same co-worker from last no, time? No, no, oh, okay. no. Well, there, there's, there's, I've got, no, this is different. This is a whole different, there's, I got, yeah. I got a few who are not self-motivated, let's just say. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, either way, Brad, um, I hope that your day has gotten better. Uh, I I was like wondering why the fuck is this man asking me to turn my uh my computer on? I'm like, what the fuck is going on, bro? Like, did you get home early from work or something? Yeah. So Brenda went to work, and then I came home for half day to watch the puppy. So, <laughs> but no, I did not, Stacy. Uh, Uber driver was really nice though, really cool guy. But um, no, no, we just told him to turn on the nerdcore, make him drive faster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, I was like, Brad, why is Brad asking for my? Were you able to? Were you able to get access to what you needed to, to get, Brad? Yeah, kind of, sorta. I just ended up buying the movie anyway. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Couldn't wait for me to come back from fucking buying groceries, bro. No, like I was having an issue because I wanted to watch it on my uh, Kindle, but uh, it only let me do like the one minute fucking thing. Oh, okay, yeah. So, um. It's it's kind of wonky like that, you know. Yeah. You have to buy like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I wasn't doing that, yeah. so I just bought the movie. I mean, to be fair, like I watch a lot of a lot of movies in bed, so like I bought it from my iPad, but I'm not gonna get up, you know, the pass that gives yeah. you like a yearly subscription, like lifetime subscription and stuff. I won't do that. But like I was like, oh fuck it, you know, ten bucks for my iPad. I use it all the time. I'm always watching, you know, movies on it. You know, I don't. I don't know. So, like, it just, I don't get it, Brad. Because, like, it'll be like, okay, you can watch it on your TV, on your computer, but on a fucking iPad and on a phone is where it, what's it called? Where it's, says, no. where it's like, you got to do, you got to do some weird shit. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I'm not dealing with this. <laughs> so I just bought yeah. the movie outright. Because I was like, I'll probably like it. <laughs> yeah. Did you get to finish it? No, not yet. So okay. I'll do that tonight. Yeah. Sick, sick. But, I'll do that tonight um, after the show on the treadmill, as it should be watched. Should be watched, yeah. As I it can't. should be watched on the Kindle while I walk on my treadmill. Go, go talk to what's it called? Um, go talk to Kurosawa and tell him that that what's it called? You should watch Seven Samurai on the treadmill. Seven Samurai on, on the, phone. the Kindle while on treadmill. Yeah. Yep. All right, man. What's it called? It's time. Let's get into this shit because uh, we got. I'm gonna guess we have a lot to talk about with this film. So, um, everybody. Oh, what's it called? If you didn't know, it's, of course we have to 
do these um, schedules a little bit um, in advance because what's it called? Um, we have somebody who works on the marketing now for them, uh, for, for this stuff. So we need to actually like, you know, it's called tell her ahead of time what we got to, we, what we're doing. So you already probably seen the, the Twitter. So you've already know what we're covering soon. Uh, but if you don't know, um, I won the coin toss this round. So this is my pick. So let's go ahead and get to do this, get to doing this, Brad. So without further ado, if you have not watched Crimson Peak and you care about spoilers, or you have if you if you care about spoilers, then you should probably get out of here if you care about them. So if you have though, if you have watched the film and you don't care about or you don't care about spoilers, then you can go ahead and stay. Either way, how that goes, it has been stated that this is your spoiler warning, and it is in effect in a five, four, three, two. Bun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brad. I've got some reading to do here from our one and only source, Wikipedia. Correct. So, indeed, Crimson Peak is a 2015 Gothic romance film directed by Guillermo del Toro and written by Del Toro and Matthew Robbins. The film stars. <sighs> Mia Wazikowska, Tom Hiddleston, Jessica Chastain, Charlie Hunnam, and Jim Beaver. The story set in Edwardian-era England follows an aspiring author who travels to a remote Gothic mansion in the English hills with her new husband and his sister. There, she must decipher the mystery behind the ghostly visions that haunt her new home. In 2006, a spec script written by Del Toro and Robbins was, was sold to Universal Pictures. With Del Toro set to direct, development was delayed due to scheduling conflicts. The film was described as a ghost story and gothic romance, heavily inspired by other, by other horror films such as The Haunting, the Haunting, The Innocents, and The Shining. Principal photography began at Pinewood Toronto Studios in Toronto, Ontario on February 10, 2020, I mean, 2014 with, with additional filming in Hamilton and ended on May 16th that year. 16th that year. Um, the film was produced by Legendary Pictures and Del Toro's production company, Double Dare You Productions. That's a great name. Crimson Peak premiered at Fantastic Fest on September 25th, 2015, and was released in the United States on October 16, 2015, in standard and IMAX formats. Who? wow. That would have been crazy cool to see. Uh, the film received generally positive reviews from critics, with, with many praising the production values and performances and direction, but criticized the plot and characters. Despite this, it performed poorly at the box office. Grossing 75, 74 million world, uh, worldwide against his $55 million budget. The film received three nominations at the 21st Empire Awards, including Best Horror. It received nine, nine nominations at the 42nd Saturn Awards, winning three, including Best Horror Film, Best Supporting Actress for Chastain, and Best Production Design for Thomas E. Sanders. So uh, this film is... Uh, shot by Dan Lawson, who has been pretty Lawson, who has been who has been pretty much helping Guillermo with most of his movies, working with Guillermo. Uh, edited by Bernard Villaplana, 
and the music is done by Fernando Velasquez. And that is all, y'all. Oh, I'm sorry. And the film sits at an hour and 59 minutes. Right under two hours. Literally, by the minute. One minute. So, with that said, uh, Brad, I'm going to go ahead and toss it to you first. What did you think? Uh, I guess this is your rewatch. What did you think of this re- of your rewatch of Crimson Peak? You are muted, Brad. Lame. So, <laughs> I'm not not much changed. You know, it was the same feelings I had for it before. Second watch, about the same. It's a beautiful movie by Guillermo. Um, I kind of disagree with their whole the story. I thought the story was really good, especially that twist, like like the twist at the end, like of the Game of Thrones ish take of things of the incest. That was, you know, you expect that Game of Thrones. You don't expect that in from a Guillermo movie, but that was a very interesting twist at the end. Um. I think the special effects in this, like the makeup and stuff, was great. Tom Hiddleston just getting knifed in the face and actually having the knife and the knife wound, and then you have the the tear of blood come out. That's like that's that's Guillermo though. Um I like the the ghost mother and every the I watch the ghost mother now after seeing Tiger's Not Afraid, and I'm going, Well, those are similar. <laughs> Obviously, probably Isa Lopez had a lot of uh what's it called um inspiration from that yeah which we said before in in that review which you know totally fine like i get it like i'd i'd get inspiration from guillermo too if i was making a movie um i do have a gripe in that a lot of the beginning scenes you know they're shot very bright you get because you can see stuff but once you get into the the house the the crimson pink mansion itself like everything goes dark which i get but I would have loved to seen like what the inside of that mansion looked like more. And I had that issue with the first one too. I would have liked to seen like, like when she's going in the elevator, just to be able to see more of what that looks yeah. like to know more of the area. Yeah. yeah. To know more of the area and just to see, cause you know, Guillermo always does like ornate, like kind of woodwork and, and stuff like this. That would have been kind of cool to see. Um, but overall, this is, this is a good watch. This is, it's it's not a very horrific horror film, but it's you know it's a good story. Yeah, it, it's 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 more what what I don't want to say fantasy based because it doesn't go to the lengths of like Pan's Labyrinth or any of that. But it's mm-hmm. um, uh, what do they put it? Gothic romance film, which that I don't think that quite covers it either. I think it's a very vague description. Um, but I agree with you, Brad, when it comes to uh just the the little bit of the set, like. I think a lot of like, I think my only gripe and I have very limited gripes with this film. I think that might be the only one is that um, because we're not able to see a lot of that house, I felt myself like, not that I wasn't interested, but more so like I'm not as engrossed in this part of the movie because I'm not like what's called. I'm not consuming this area in this atmosphere as much as I should be because. Yeah. And you, you, you know, the beginning in the beginning, you had that whole ball scene, and it it's just a wide shot, and you can see everyone, and you see everything in that. You see the bathroom where the father dies, and you actually get like a wide shot of that. And this, it seems like everything is so, like, like you don't get any of those wide shots really. 
until you like get outside. Yeah, which you know, like really, what's it called? It's not like it confuses me, but like, you know, I, I, it, it, like, makes you wonder because like this isn't the first time that you know he works with Guillermo. He works with Guillermo and Mimic, so you know, let's go. Dan Lawson's cinematography also like you remember um, Nightmare Alley, like it's beautifully shot, like just yeah. so much beautiful lighting in there. You're able to actually kind of like consume that that um that atmosphere you're getting and like same thing with the shape of water like the shape of water yeah, is just like, so beautifully lit well and you, you it's beautifully lit plus you get some white shots on that like of of when of the um i don't know fish man mm-hmm. what, what do we want to call him i don't mermaid amphibian, merman uh, amphibian man and amphibian man sure when you first see go into that scene you see everything you see the tank and you see like everything, and that's just something you don't get in this. You don't get a shot like that where you see like the whole, you know, mansion. It's like everything is like kind of cut off to a point. Yeah. Oh yeah, his name is the Amphibian Man. That's literally oh. what his name is. Okay. Right. I wanted to call him Abe Sapien, but I'm like, no, that's a no, different movie. That's the Hellboy. That's Hellboy. But um, Brad, I really like this movie. Um, I kind of hate myself that I haven't hadn't seen the film until now. Uh, this is one of Guillermo's best works. It's also one of Guillermo's most deter- um, detailed works. Uh, it's it's no surprise. Like we all know, Guillermo loves gothic horror. I mean, his it's first film, yeah, his first film is literally a gothic film, a gothic horror film. You know, Chronos, the architecture and everything inside of that film is one hundred percent gothic. Which is one of those I have not seen yet. Oh, so good, bro. But like, I, I mean, but like, for me, this isn't quite my favorite like devil back devil's backbone is still above that pan's labyrinth is still above that um maybe the first hellboy yeah maybe i mean bro i mean uh same touche here as well you know like i have shape of water i have yeah um, yeah but but let's let's be real like it's a guillermo movie it's probably not gonna be bad it's just one of those directors that doesn't really make a bad movie yeah oh doug jones is in that series i didn't know that stacy yeah, that's cool, uh, but yeah, man. And um, but I I loved I I don't get what people were saying about the story because I loved it. I thought it was a beautiful story. Um, it's also like detailing a lot of like because a lot of this film is about love, and this kind of shows you like all these uh these all of these ghosts really kind of represent a lot of the things of a lot of the anxieties about love. You know, unfaithfulness, becoming a mother, becoming what's it called a having children and all those things like those ghosts kind of represent parts of that. And I found that to be like just clever writing from Robbins and uh, El Toro. I, I love, I just, I love the story and I think the characters pull it off so well. I mean, Jessica Chastain and Tim Hiddleston, like just incredible performances. I love, uh, the, uh, I love Mia, like, like too, but um, I, I thought the strongest performances here are obviously Tom Hiddleston and uh, Jessica Chastain. I just, Ah, uh, I, I told you like I'm I'm surprised they never worked with him again after this because like they complement his style so well like just the look of his films and also his like way that he tells stories and how he lets actors really like kind of discover themselves within the roles and he lets them like play around a bit so just part of me wishes that like this wasn't the last film that they did with him and I hope they yeah. work with him again. I mean, but, uh, and it, it was kind of. Nice seeing uh, Tom Hiddleston in a as another character instead of just Loki. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, he's damn good at Loki though. But yeah. yeah, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, he's good at Loki, but it's nice to see him like probably get out of his comfort zone there. Yeah, but um, I, and like, I was so surprised to see people like Charlie Hunnam, bro. Like, Charlie Hunnam was not some. That was an like... interesting casting choice for that. Yeah, I liked like, it. I liked it. It just was interesting. But if you would tell me that fucking Charlie Hunnam, who was in Saint, uh, the Saints of Anarchy, Sons of Anarchy, and like played one of the most like masculine men ever in that series, and like one of the most complex men in those films, I would have been like, no way he's gonna do like some gothic horror film with Guillermo del Toro, and it fucking worked. It worked, and he was so good in the movie too. I was just, I mean, just that's goes to the power not just of his abilities and his talent as an actor but also Guillermo's ability as a director to pull out such great performances from his actors in this film because like there's just so much stuff that he's doing in this film that I'm just like oh man you're I'm, I'm loving just the way you're not just even directing your actors but the way you're kind of directing the camera and like the movements in here are so interesting like uh there's like that one shot uh when we're in the ballroom what's it called and they're dancing and like the camera just goes down and picks back up to like go into the crowd. And it's like, like, it's just interesting movements that I had, like I had never seen from Guillermo before. So mm-hmm. I just, I love that aspect of this movie. And of course, Dan Lauston always, he knows exactly what he wants when it comes to the camera department. Yeah. But um, I, I agree with you, Brad, when it comes to the, um, to really the set, like the set design is amazing. The production design is beautiful. Oh, yeah. Like, it just I wish I could have seen more of it. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is like if you're going into this house where I feel like we should be able to like really fall into the atmosphere of it, we should be able to see a bit of what it looks like, especially because Guillermo loves gothic scenery so much. We should be able to see that very gothic inspired mansion. Yeah, and and I I don't know what it is, but like like the the one with the fireplace and the piano scene when they first walk into it, the shots like an above shot at her at the piano it's kind of far away but it's still dark in there so you don't really get that full effect of what that room looks like was this probably one oh hold on i mean you might have a point um this came out in 2015 i believe that hunnam was what's it called um pacific Rim was before this right 2013 yeah i think specific Rim was before Yes. Um, yeah, I'm gonna let the dog chew on those boots. She already fucked them up. Uh, Pacific uh, Room was 2013. 13. Pacific yeah. Pacific Room was first. Yeah. So yeah, probably that's where he casted Hunnam because I yeah. mean, but Hunnam is damn good in Pacific Rim too, bro. Like, yeah. But I agree with you there, Brad. Um, I uh, oh man, uh, Velasquez's score is incredible. Which once again, that's another person who I'm like, I'm. Surprised he never really worked with Guillermo after this. Like this was his only score he did with him, which like his score is really, really, really good with for this film. Mm-hmm. Like he also did the score for the orphanage, which Guillermo produced, but that's not his film that he directed. But like I was like, damn, like you're really good. But I mean, he's also kind of done the same thing with like um with what's his name? Um um this plot this plot he's worked on him like in a couple and then he just like works with somebody else but um i thought he he did a great job on this score it sounds freaking incredible it's a beautiful score and um yeah i was like i was really 
I was really uh, surprised with the way that like he kind of incorporated those songs into like building the atmosphere of this film. I just like I said, Brad, I wish that he would have you know lit that mansion a little more. Like, yeah. But um, Brad, I definitely see the inspiration of The Shining. You see it too, right? Oh yeah. 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 I was I was gonna tell you like this is basically The Shining. If Jack Nicholson w didn't go mad. Mm -hmm. And Loki, he was kind of a good person because he actually did love the lady. Yeah, in, in the end. I mean, yeah. but honestly, you could say they did go mad because, you know, their mother, I, I don't know, I guess their father was abusive and a drunkard. Is that what I got? And the mother yeah. was kind of men was mentally ill and then became physically ill. And they basically were locked up together. Sorry, dog is biting the fuck out of those boots. Yeah, I don't know if you can say they're stable if, if incest is going on there. Yeah, but I mean, to the extent of Jack Nicholson's Jack Torrance, Brad? Uh, and for that, you know, you got to go. It, is <laughs> Alcoholism is the main culprit in that whole thing. Yeah, well, in that which, film which, too, I, yeah. which, I, which, you know, I, I, I congratulate Kubrick with getting because I think he displayed like what alcoholism can do to a man. Yeah. I mean, shit, man. They fucking did it great in uh, Dr. Sleep as well. But, um, Brad, what are you going to go ahead and give uh, Crimson Peak on a rewatch now? I'm going to give Crimson Peak a solid 8.5 out of 10. A solid 8 out of 10? 8 and a half. 8 and a half out of 10. Brad, we're not too far off from each other. I'm going to go ahead and give Crimson Peak a 9 out of 10. Um... It's nowhere near the top of my favorite films of uh, Guillermo del Toro, but it's damn good, man. I mean, damn like, good. Yeah, I have other ones on top of it, like I have Nightmare Alley on top of it, I have Shape of Water, you know, fucking Devil's I mean, Backbone, Devil's Backbone, Pan's Labyrinth. Like, there, there's just all, but th to get to those levels, you kind of got to be perfect. Like yeah. Shape of Water, Devil's Backbone, Pan's Labyrinth are pretty much perfect films. Yeah, and like, Chip of Water is my favorite movie from Del Toro. I mean, I think it's pretty self-explanatory, y'all. I think I've, I've told y'all how many times I've seen that film and also how many times I fucking cried to that movie, either even though I've watched it like multiple times at this point. But um, it's just, it's really hard for you to top that movie for me. Like that, that fucking movie so good, man. So, so good. But um, I wanted to see exactly what I have on top of this because, uh, yeah, what's it called? Uh, yeah, I have Kronos. Nightmare Alley, Devil's Backbone, Pan's Labyrinth, and The Shape of Water. So, you know, it's kind of hard to top that. Like, I mean, but really this is again, this is another one directors like Kurosawa. Yeah. Like, you don't make bad movies. No, you don't make bad. Like, even Pacific Rim. Like, I don't think Pacific Rim is like an amazing movie, but I still but, freaking like it. I mean, a like, lot. what are you gonna do with kaiju's and giant robots? You'll make yeah. them fight. Yeah. Even them, like Blade Two. Blade Two is really good too. Like, you know, nothing amazing, but like. What's it called? I mean, Stan you kind of, but then you kind of look into the more and you're going to look at like, well, he was working with a Wesley Snipes that was probably high all the time. So, <laughs> hey man, you directed the fuck out of that, what, mo you, that movie. You do bro. what you can do. <laughs> do what you can do, bro. But I mean, either way, like, directed the shit out of that fucking movie, man. Like, you know. And then, and then the like Hellboy 1 and 2, also great movies. Like, for, yeah. for comic book adaptations, they're probably top tier. 
I my only other blind spot because I have seen those Hellboy films. I just haven't logged them into Letterbox yet. But um, my my only other blind spot is Mimic. That was like the one and only time that um, Guillermo worked with Harvey Weinstein, and he said never again. He never again wanted to work with him again. Which makes me think that a lot ended up on the cutting room floor. Cutting room floor. Uh, I think Memo actually described that he did not like the way that um, he he said he he got a feeling from. Uh, Harvey and he never wanted to work with him again. He didn't like the way that he felt around him and that there was something that felt really, really off about Harvey Weinstein that he never wanted to work with him again. Guillermo wasn't wrong. We can only was wish that? Tarantino we can only wish Tarantino felt that yeah. a lot yeah. sooner. Yeah. But of course, my friends, uh, this isn't the last of Guillermo del Toro reviews. Um, at least during Horror Month, we we won't have another one. But we are patiently awaiting his Pinocchio movie during the in December. So at least Brad and I are really really excited for that. Uh, looks damn good. And uh, yeah, but with that said, that's been our review of Crimson Peak. Um, I believe if you actually guys want to watch this film, it's available on Netflix, so you guys can go watch it there. But uh, if you are, what's it called, uh, haven't, I do recommend it highly. Uh, we want to thank our chatters here in the live chat here on uh, on Twitch. Thank you, Stacy. It was just you, as always, the number one, you know. It's called the one who's always here, man. You know, it's it's, it's wild, man. Stacy Stacy doesn't really, when he misses, Stacey it's because miss. he's actually doing shit. He's doing something, but yeah. Like, he never misses. He Stay, misses. It's probably because Stacy's looking for Mephisto. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Sorry, Stacy. You can't find him, bro. You might be in Black Panther Wakanda forever, though. We never know. We'll just never know. What's it called? Roll our dice or what's it called? Uh, let's just hope it is. It's true, but no. I'm I, but I'm pretty sure we'll find him there, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, we want to thank our um what's it called? Uh so yeah, we want to thank them. Thank you so much for being in the chat, y'all. And of course, if you are watching this on YouTube, do not forget to subscribe and leave a like on this video. But as well, when you subscribe, turn on your notification bell so you don't miss a single piece of content that comes to the site. I mean, to the web, to the not to the website. I'm sorry. Fuck, to the YouTube channel. I am all over the place today. Maybe because I fucking missed my bus because I went on the wrong bus. Um, but we also wanted, what's it called, um, let you know that if you are listening to this on a podcast platform, then make sure you leave a five-star review on there because it helps us out a lot. So, uh, without further ado, we also want to thank our Patreon supporters. They're the ones who make this show happen and all the shows on this network. They keep the, the network afloat. And if you want to become part of Patreon, our Patreon, make sure you follow us. At, uh, well, follow us, pledge to us. What's it called? Just go and check out our page at www.patreon.com slash nerdcore. Of course, if you are on YouTube, then you should probably check below because it is on a little scroller right here. Whew. Uh, we also want to thank our producers, our writer, and our director, our executive producer, Shane. Where can they find him, Brad? You can follow our friend Shane at twitch.tv slash XSRK or on Twitter at thrifted.io or go buy something from the Suppy Guide at Prison City Vintage in Illinois. Yep. And, of course, we want to thank our writer, uh, Tony. Hey, Tony. At Real Nerdy Dad on Twitter. Real nerdy dad on Twitter. And of course, we want to thank our director, Kylie. Kylie in the chat. Kylie's on. Wait, Kylie, is Kylie in the chat? No, that's just something I say oh. now. Oh, <laughs> He'll be in the Morbius sequel just to spite us all. Morbin time. Morbin time, baby. Morbiesto. Uh, 
You can follow Kylie. Morbiista. Uh, you can <laughs> you can follow Kylie at um on Twitter at Kylie PLI. You can that sounds like Kylie a drink. Can I get a Morbiista? Extra follow sugar. Follow Kylie on Instagram. Cream at Kylie P Sports ninety. But of course, thank you to our wonderful producer, writer, and director. Um, you want to become a part of that. All you need to do is go to patreon.com slash nerdcore. Can I get that as a venti? Fuck off, Brad. And pledge to either the $15 tier, the $25, or the $50, $50 tier. Uh, all of those will get you a shout out here on the show. And you also get, what's it called, uh, some privileges with the 25 and up that you can make us watch movies. But, of course, uh, Brad, we will see them on Thursday as we review the newest film from Jordan Peele. Nope. Nope. But in the meantime, it's been a lot of fun, y'all. It's spooky time, baby. So, you know, get scary Boo. out here. Watch your favorite horror film. And, uh, yeah, Halloween kills suck. So I'm not even looking forward to Halloween ends, but I'm willing to see how that ends and all. Hey, there's always Hocus Pocus, too. Yeah, there's... I'm going to leave you with a little hot take before we get out of here. Hocus Pocus 1 sucks, and I don't get what people love about it. Brad, send them out. All right, Roll, the ambient host as always. I did not say any of those words. Thank you to all those who join us in chat. Thank you to all the listeners out there, all our Patreon supporters. We appreciate each and every one of you. And uh, in this episode, I'm just going to give a recommendation for everyone to watch for this whole horror month. Go watch Jason X. Fucking Jason in space. Young Yoda out. <laughs> Jason don't need your sex before marriage or alcohol.